Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Our theme for today is Evolution, Part 2. And before we begin, I just want to let you know some good news, and that is that we have a gift for you, and if you stay with us, we'll speak more about that gift. I'll let you know how to uh, acquire the gift, what number to call on, and later on we'll take care of that. Our thought for today is the entire story of evolution is the story of consciousness and not a form. And that's a quote taken from the works of Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust, and all of the dialogue that we have on this show is based on her literature. It's a dialogue uh, from one book or another. There are 24 volumes of Alice Bailey books. And before we get into today's discussion, what I'd like to do is ask uh, Sarah and Dale to more or less recap for us, give us a review of what went on last time. well, we started out by defining our terms, which is mm-hmm. always a wise thing to do. Um, evolution means literally an unfolding from within outwards or an unrolling from an inner center. And this is a good description of the impact of life on form, uh, life being the uh, spiritual um, fire within form, form being the material substance that is visible and tangible. Within every form there is this inner spiritual fire that is seeking to express itself. And I know we can imagine that in the case of human beings, maybe in the case of animals, and maybe even in the case of uh, uh, trees and plants and so on, but this inner living fire literally is found in the atoms of every aspect of material substance. All of uh, the material world is uh, in a process of evolution and unfoldment, and we talked about the implications of that. And we touched on the controversial nature of evolution, the fact that uh, in some states in this country it's not even allowed to be taught. And why is that? Well, there's this supposed clash between the theory of evolution, which was proposed, for one, by the great scientist Darwin, and the doctrine of um, creationism, 
which um, uh, brings these two different views of how life originated into apparent um, um, confrontation, but we thought not really when you think about it. Uh, evolution teaches that uh, forms adapt and grow and change according to um, uh, the needs of the environment. I guess that's a summary of evolution, whereas creationism says that God created the world in six days, according to Genesis, and that's it. Yeah, And you're telling us they don't have to be in conflict? No, I, the um, well, they shouldn't not necessarily have to be in conflict because uh, I think the, what the truth um, really is a combination of both of them. As I, that's the way I understand it, that uh, God, the creator, and there was a creator, set in motion a process that uh, is evolving, an evolving process, and that process is still in motion. And... Um, it's um if i think the if you could bring the two sides together and form a third side if you can say it that way then you see it it, it does make sense that where the um evolution and creationism there there is not that much controversy if you can mm-hmm. put the two together and see that the, there's just one process at work here by a great deity and in fact, that brings up the um, uh, an expression that's from the Bailey writings that uh, I like very much that describes this whole process, and that is that evolution is divinity in motion. Mm-hmm. And I find that a very um, revealing phrase because it kind of sums up everything that evolution is. It's divinity in motion. And that's essentially, it's God working through his creation and working out this long, evolving process. And that's essentially what, what's going on. Maybe it can be used to help us understand why sometimes species in the natural world are um, um, removed from, um, from the world. Mm-hmm. Species of animals and plants that come, live, and then disappear. They have their cycle and they go. And we did talk about that, that um, uh, there are two um, effects of this um, disappearance of species. The one is that it might be in in, uh, response to natural law. The fact that divinity is in motion seems to me to suggest that uh, it's a process always of unfoldment and of Mm -hmm. becoming, and it's not in any way static or set or fixed. And we we know that the the outer form of whatever um, level of life we're talking about, human, animal, mineral, plant, is just the outer form and not the real um, spiritual essence, which... um, seeks to reveal itself through the form. So to let these forms go sometimes is uh, to submit and to bow to God's plan. Hmm. But there's another side to this, and that is when these um, these different species disappear because of man's uh, selfish and short-sighted hmm. uh, behavior on earth. And we, I think all of us, know that humanity is guilty of a very selfish and uh, dominating uh, presence on earth that has uh, caused the uh, disappearance of a lot of um, beautiful 
parts of the world that need to be here, not only deserve to be here, but we need them. We need the vegetable kingdom for oxygen and nutrition. We need the animal kingdom and the mineral kingdom. And so we have an impact on Earth that's not always so beneficent. I find the uh, the opening thought to be interesting um, from the works of Alice Bailey. The entire story of evolution is the story of consciousness and not of form. That's so contrary to what I learned in school. I mean, I remember my science teachers always talking about forms and structure mm-hmm. and uh, morphology, so to speak. And uh, here we are looking at consciousness. Uh, can you make a comment on that? Well, you can actually see evolution moving if you think of it in terms of consciousness. Uh, because our consciousness is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And human consciousness, even within the span of one lifetime, your consciousness is it's changing. True, yeah. And or it hopefully is for, it. hopefully it is for most people, I think it does, if they are conscious at all, and if they're uh, uh, striving towards uh, perfection or some betterment in their life, then that is a fact of evolution. They are, in fact, evolving. And uh, so it, it, we are living living evidence of this um, um, consciousness of, of evolution. We also talked uh, last time a bit about how evolution progresses and unfolds, and this this enters into what what you're saying because, um, to me, what's interesting is that evolution depends upon the fact that everything, every uh, what every form is both a universe in itself and part of something greater. And that applies to the tiniest atom or molecule, and it applies to the human being. It applies to societies as a whole. We are all um, a little universe within ourselves with many lives making up our universe, the atoms that make up our body, for example. But we are also at the same time a part of something much greater. And evolution, I think, depends upon the incorporation and the right relationship of uh, the parts of of life to the greater whole. That's what we mean by the evolution of consciousness, the waking up to the fact that we are not um, independent living things, but parts of something much greater. Mm-hmm. And the whole problem of the world is that most uh, certainly most human beings are not aware of being a part of a greater whole in the sense that it imposes the obligation to strive for right relationship with others and to overcome selfishness. Yeah, and you, if you think again about that uh, little quote that I mentioned before, divinity in motion, uh, to me what that does is lift the whole science of uh, evolution up off the purely physical plane and uh, puts it in the perspective of divinity, of a deity. And you you begin to see it from that point of view, then it uh, uh, puts a whole different slant on the um, evolution because that defines the whole. It is divinity in motion throughout the entire earth and everything upon the earth. It's his evolving Mm -hmm. Um, process. I suppose that um, presence of divinity in evolution is what's responsible for the uh, fact that the writings of Alice Bailey say there's an evolutionary urge that is innate in matter, in all material substance. Um, I find that interesting to think about, that 
every tiny atom of matter has within it this this innate evolutionary urge to progress and evolve, but it only becomes conscious in the case of the human being. On lower levels, the writings of Alice Bailey say it expresses differently, for example, as radiation in the mineral kingdom. And we think of uh, the uh, uranium that was discovered um, earlier in the last century. It expresses as beauty and diversity in the vegetable kingdom and in the production of nutrition. And um, the spiritual impulse to evolve expresses as the the overcoming of pain and suffering in the animal kingdom. Now, would that, would that apply to consciousness as well? Once again, bringing this back to the opening quote, does consciousness within the, within the individual have a desire to improve and perfect itself? It's a type of consciousness, mm-hmm. I would say, this innate urge. It might not be consciousness as we human beings uh, know it, which is the forming of thoughts, but it is uh, an awareness, apparently, on the level of even the lowest... Uh, uh, mineral form to it the 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 radiation for example in the mineral kingdom is an expression of a a consciousness or a presence of spiritual livingness within that form that's mm-hmm. to me an amazing thought mm-hmm. but i think that's uh, and then you see the same consciousness you say in a flower that turns its face to the sun mm-hmm. now there's something within that flower the very essence the very essence of that flower that's even more subtle than the genes, perhaps, that is causing that flower to open as from a bud to a full open flower and, and always turn itself to the sun to get the full rays of the sun. And it, uh, it, there is a consciousness of a sort, even at that level. We talked a little bit about um, animals and uh, the consciousness within animals, which um, I find very interesting. Uh, they, especially the domesticated animals, are examples of consciousness in their response to human, uh, the, their relationship with human beings. For example, dogs and cats and horses um, are uh, conscious of and desirous of relationship with human beings who stand as higher beings to them. And uh, the writings of Alice Bailey say that the real relationship between the human being and these domesticated animals is based not just on love, as we might think, but on the power of the mind and the impact of the human mind upon uh, the animal. That's how they progress. That's how they evolve. Uh, And I don't know if any of our listeners ever saw that program. It was a terribly popular program in Britain, maybe 10 or 20 years ago, with Barbara Wodehouse, who was a dog trainer and who trained dogs, even the most undisciplined, goofy, <laughs> hopeless dogs, when, when brought into her care and discipline, became very good dogs. And uh, she wasn't the least bit sentimental with them, but the impact of her mind and her discipline on them was just what they needed, and it was clear that they adored her. And for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. And our theme for today is evolution, which we'll return to in a little while. However, what I would like to offer you is this. We promised you a gift, and I'm sure people are wanting to know what that gift is. The gift is the science of meditation. And for me, I've been into meditation for quite some time now. It's brought me a lot of peace of mind and brought me closer to my true self. And I think that's been responsible for me being able to reach out with, with enthusiasm towards a better life for myself. 
However, we are giving you the gift, uh, a booklet that we have called The Science of Meditation. If you'd like to order that booklet, give us a call at 1-866-695-8247, and we'll be happy to send it out to you. Uh, once again, that phone number, that toll-free number is one 866 695 8247, or an easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Our website is www.lucistrust.org. Our email is newyork at lucistrust.org. And remember also that the work of Lucis Trust, including this program, is funded entirely by voluntary donations, and so we welcome your donations as a means of keeping us on the air. We also just want to remind you that we have 24 volumes of books, and they're all written by Alice Bailey. They're wonderful books that explore life, and just a reminder, too, that we're we're not a religion. We're more along the order of a philosophy organization, an organization that takes a deep look at life, the meaning of life, and... Uh, has a lot to do with um, studying and, and attempting to improve right r- human relationships. And so if you'd like to know more about us, you're certainly welcome to order a general package of information. And uh, certainly we strongly encourage you to hold on to your religion. Um, um, join us if you'd like to in our search for the meaning of life. And I think you'll discover so much information by reading the works of Alice Bailey. You can get them directly from us at our toll-free number. If you order them directly from Lucis Trust, you'll get a 10% discount if you order them uh, in their entirety, all 24 volumes. So once again, the phone number is 1-866-NY-LUCIS, NY, New York Lucis, or you can order us on the other number, well, same number actually, but it's 1-866-695-8247. And... One question that I have about evolution, too, is, um, of course, we'd like to live forever, I guess, but is death a necessary part of evolution? Yes, it's part of the beneficence of evolution that forms are created to serve the indwelling life's um, intention uh, and not the reverse. And when these forms become outworn or no longer able to fully express the indwelling life, they have to be discarded. And that's what we know as death. It's part of the beneficence of the process of evolution. Yes, it's uh, it's a necessary part because, um, as we've been dis- discussing here, that evolution really concerns more consciousness and not the form. And uh, the forms come and go, but... Uh, uh, from the perspective of deity, uh, forms are simply there to express that which uh, is in the mind of deity and in the desire of deity to express, the, which is ultimately the glory of God. And uh, so the, the form is merely a vehicle for, um, for that purpose. Is there... A is there a spiritual goal to evolution? Yes, it's um, it's said in the writings of Alice Bailey that the goal of evolution is a gradual series of light demonstrations because veiled or hidden by every form lies light. And as, as evolution proceeds, the, the form or the material substance becomes an increasingly better conductor of light. And that's speaking in terms of any um, form, uh, whether a human being or a society or 
an animal or whatever. It's meant to be a conductor of light. There is another uh, way of looking at that spiritual goal, um, and that has to do with what they call involution as opposed to evolution. Um, And you might relate it to the whole story in the Bible of the prodigal son, which is actually a story of all humanity. And um, the prodigal son leaves the father's home and he goes down into the world, into the dense material world, and this represents a kind of ingoing and in, and thrusting into the world, an involutionary stage, as they call it. And uh, there he experiences the, the, the depth and the degradation and the pain and the suffering that all goes with the material world, Finally, he uh, gets becomes very disenchanted with this. Uh, he doesn't find what he is seeking, and he uh, in turn sets his sights towards the return back home to the father. And this is the stage called the evolutionary stage, the upward stage, back towards spirit, pure spirit, or towards the father in, in heaven. And uh, <clears throat> so. That is another way to see that there is a, a ultimately a spiritual goal because of the many lessons learned in the material world and then uh, leaving behind that in the material world and progressing onward and ever upward towards a spiritual and eventually returning to the Father. I've never understood, though, this view that um, I think it started with John Milton that the um, coming to earth, being born on earth, coming into form is what is called a fall, as if it's a mistake or a sin or a, uh, a descent into hell. Earth life is not that. We speak of heaven on earth because that's something we aspire to create. And evolution, I suppose, is a process of creating heaven on earth. Involution is a necessary uh, part of this process. The, the coming of spirit into matter is involution for the quickening of uh, the material realm. It's a necessary and divine process. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is when we get stuck at that level, we meaning every aspect of uh, um, incarnating life, when it becomes so identified mm-hmm. with whatever form it inhabits, then it's limited by that form. And that's uh, the the problem that the, the prodigal son awakened to, and he said, "I must arise and go to my father," meaning, uh, I realize that I am more than the limitations of my form. I am spirit, and I must uh, make that return journey to the father's home. That's the path of evolution, and everybody, every human being. Every living thing is at some stage of this journey, either further into the material realm or on the return journey to the Father's Mm -hmm. home. And so what you're saying really is that perhaps in the eyes of God uh, that a person at the stage of involution where they're uh, immersed in the materialism and enjoying the material life is not... uh, is not of any less value than the person on the way to a spiritual uh, consciousness. I suppose not. Um, Mm. It all takes time. And Mm. uh, every human being is at a different stage of the way. Some people are absolutely bent on uh, their descent into the material realm to learn every 
thing they have to learn about uh, uh, materialism, and for them the uh, the deep involvement with the material plane, with the pursuit of material substance, whether mm-hmm. it's cars, stock portfolios, yeah. fame and fortune, whatever. For them, it might be the right stage for them. Mm -hmm. The problem is when we continue to long for or aspire to things that we should have left behind. And for many of us, I think we stay too long in the stage of wanting to delve more deeply into material substance and to grab more of the material stuff for ourselves. So if the the individual soul is naturally evolving, it eventually evolves into a state of uh, longing for spirituality and for reaching the highest potential of its own consciousness? Yes. And um, that begins, I think, within us as the pangs of uh, conscience, uh, as a sense of dissatisfaction, um, uh, an urge to leave behind uh, whatever limitations we think are holding us back from a more fulfilled life. I think it's inchoate and uh, unfocused and undefined for a long time. We have this urge to to find more out of life. So actually free will then is involved. At one point the individual consciousness has to really ask itself more or less or say to itself, I'm I'm through with the material world. I've I've gotten from it all that I want. And and then what? Then they make a leap in consciousness over to another... um, I think it's more like a little mm. step, not a leap. (laughs) (laughs) It sets up a a period of discontent Uh first, and there's some that little nagging uh, well conscience inside of you that says oh, this isn't right I'm, I'm not happy with this isn't bringing it's not bringing me happiness so uh, they begin to look at the, the situation and, and, and see that uh, there must be more to this and, mm-hmm. and that that's the first step on the upward path again can we see the effects of evolution in terms of our own lives I think we probably all can if we look for it. We see changes, um, stages in our lives, cycles that uh, we've gone through and left behind. Um, I think we can be also a lot more patient with other people if we realize that everybody is at a stage of of becoming Mm -hmm. something better. And I remember years ago a statement that really stayed in my mind. It was during the Democratic campaign, maybe in 1984 or maybe in 88, Jesse Jackson got into trouble for a derogatory remark he made. (laughs) And I remember him speaking to the Democratic Convention and apologizing, and he said, be patient with me. God isn't finished with me yet. Mm -hmm. And that we have to say for all of us, be patient with me. God isn't finished with me yet. My soul isn't finished with me yet. I'm a work in progress. If we would only be a little more merciful with each other and with societies, that we're all works in progress. Would it probably be would it be fair to say, according to uh, the works of Alice Bailey, that perhaps um, when we look at someone and we're critical, uh, maybe the idea should occur to us that maybe at one point in our own evolution we were at that uh, particular in that particular situation. Would that be more or less in line with us? Yeah, but for the grace of God, go I. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, yeah. it also means um, to to not use just the material standard to judge other people. They may not have the success or the Mm -hmm. fame or the worldly accoutrements that we think are so meaningful, but maybe they have advanced in ways that we can only aspire to. And that applies not only to individuals, but to whole societies. 
We so often in the Western world judge success in life by the amount of material wealth one has grabbed. If we look at other people in other societies, they might be infinitely richer in a spiritual sense. Yeah, and success to the person who is on the evolutionary path to consciousness, the higher uh, consciousness, he might, his attitude uh, for, uh, of success might be to be the kind of person that God wants him to be. Mm-hmm. And that might be Alice Bailey's viewpoint, too. And um, we would uh, just like to say that this show is funded by the generous donations of our listeners, and we need and welcome your support. And uh, all of our discussion today is based on the Alice Bailey book, Consciousness of the Atom. In closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action. It's the energy that draws us together in right relationship. There is a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?